Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. All right, all right, all right. Well, hope you met someone friendly, someone happy. I think uh, Viv may have mentioned it, or Brent as well, but we really, truly want to welcome you. Uh, Of course, well, I've seen so many of our usual, not usual, but our church family here. We love you guys. But a big welcome to anyone who came with a friend or family member, first time ever. Um, We're just so glad you're here. Can we just make everyone feel welcome one more time, everybody? So great. Fantastic. Thanks, Jared. Legion. Uh, as Viv mentioned, there is if your if your kids are finding it hard to focus during this short time we're about to have, there is some activities out in the uh, f- uh, cafe entranceway. But uh, I I thought that I would share something that I've been sharing over the last few weeks, um, and I thought I would bring a part three for Christmas Eve on how God works. Part three, the Christmas Eve edition. God does not work in mysterious ways. It's not in the Bible. I've read this book through a number of times. I try to often read it through each year, a Bible in a year. I'm going to do it again next year. And I've never, ever stumbled across that saying. It's not in here. I've searched everywhere. Some people quote it in a way, it's kind of like the great mysteriousness of God. And I I understand that, you know, God, there is a mystery component. We can't see him with our natural eye. I understand all that. But the way that people quote it is like very accidental. I've been saying, you know, people like, oh, everything happens for a reason. That's not in the Bible either. Um, You know, I think the reason was you bought a Subaru with too many Ks on it. We've, We've kind of, you know, we're just trying to not put things on God that are really just, you didn't get it checked out. And the, and the reason, and, and, and honestly, the reason I've been sharing it is because in Psalm 121 and over and over again, the Bible says, I lift up my eyes to the heavens for where my help comes from. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. He would not let, it says, my foot to stumble and he would not let me fall. In Psalm 34, it says that the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. That's in the Bible. God works in mysterious ways is not in the Bible, but he would rescue you from all your troubles is in the Bible. But how does it work? Certainly miraculous. It's absolutely supernatural, but it is not mysterious in the ways that we think it's mysterious. In part one, I said that God works. You can look at it, you look it up on YouTube, it's there. God works by believing His Word, what He says, and putting it into practice, into action. That God works through that. Start to see things happen. I got a text message yesterday uh, from someone who I was taking over the Takaka Hill for a church meeting. He's from Wanganui, and he'd moved here from India to, plant, to take over a church and they didn't have a home to live in, and they're going from home to home, and I just felt it in my heart, driving over the Takaka Hill, to pray that they would get a house. This is about 
14, 15 months ago. Anyway, I just praying, Lord, I just said, while we're driving, let's just ask God. I asked God, just supply a house, help provide a house. He texted me yesterday to say they went unconditional on a house. Miracle, miracle house, and they're shifting into it in a couple of weeks. And so you can see God work. You can see God work in your life. Well, um, this is probably the most important Christmas Eve, your Eve message you're ever going to hear. It's part three of how God works. And Brent shared the scripture and I've got it here on the screen. It says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is Isaiah. He's speaking prophetically about something massive that's going to happen. I'm not sure if Brent quoted this just before, but in verse four, it says, in the day of Midian, Midian's defeat, you've shattered the yoke. He did mention it. And the burdens. And a lot of people have burdens. A lot of people have troubles. A lot of people go through life and feel like nothing can change. And Isaiah is saying, there's going to come a massive change. And what does it say? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And I don't know, I don't have the time to do it justice to tell you the significance of all of the verse, but Isaiah represents God's word as a prophet. And it's clear that God wants to do something to help a lot of people. Okay, so that's God's heart. And he still wants to do things to help you today and me today. But no one would have ever guessed it or seen it in a child. No one would have thought the answer would be in a child. No one. Needy, helpless, small. Rebecca and I have had five childs. In fact, here's a photo of one of the childs. Yeah, he's got... Gangster camo's on. Look at those pants. They're so cool. And um, here's another photo of him, but when he was even smaller. Just go to that next um, slide, guys. And this is, um, this is when I'm going through the um, Backstreet Boys phase. <laughs> and that's our oldest, Ruby, and that's Paris, and that is the, the child, the baby. And he, look how little he is. He's in my arms. So small, so little. Just leave it up on the screen for a minute. This is how God often turns up in our lives. Small. I know some people want to throw rocks at me because they're like, what, you're saying God's small? No, I didn't say God's small. God is not small. There is no one greater, no one bigger. When he revealed his glory to Ezekiel, it caused Ezekiel to collapse unconscious when he saw his greatness. Luckily, he, the one he collapsed at, grabbed him by the hand and lifted him up. Isaiah chapter 40 says this, who else has held the oceans in his hands? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Basically, the prophet's saying, look, you guys compare God to silly stuff. You know, you dropped a hammer on your toe, God must be punishing you. What do you think? That God needs to drop a hammer on your toe to actually work with you. Who do you compare God to? Do you compare him to who your grandparents' city was, your parents' city was? Is it what the Simpsons says, that Ned Flanders, that's the picture of God? None of those things. Who of you have held the universe like this, he says? Who compares to that great spirit? No, God is not small. What he wants to do in your life is not small. What Isaiah said was he will come to you in smaller ways than you think. <laughs> I'm not talking, look, I don't, I love Christmas. I'm not, I don't give a rip right now about that cultural issue. I'm talking to every person in this room. 
God wants to do big things in your life. And you can work out how God works. And the biggest clue ever is he will turn up smaller than you think he will to get you started. Like a child appear, Isaiah, a child appearing in a dark and broken and bound up world, love broke through. I'll give you some other examples. First Kings 18, a three and a half year drought is broken. They didn't have drought. And by the way, the significance of that is there's no water, there's no life, there's no food. The list goes on. There's really no fun. By the way, we don't play sword drill uh, blowing up balloons every day in church. That's not in the Bible either. That was, just in case you knew, you're like, what is this? Is this a, some sort of uh, game show? I don't really know what's happening. Elijah tells the servant to go and look for a cloud. After seven trips, six trips, the servant sees nothing. On the seventh, he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. Small. And before he got back and before Elijah got on with the next thing, it was raining cats and dogs, small. In John 6, Jesus performs a miracle feeding 5,000 people when he said to his disciples, they're all hungry, we need some food. Go see who has some food to share around. Either no one packed their lunch or it was only one small boy who was willing to share. If you want to see God work in your life, you've actually got to be able to share with God where you're at right now. And he had what? It says it in the Bible, five small loaves, Two small fish. And Jesus, thanking God for it, fed 5,000 people, one of the greatest miracles, and they had leftovers. Second Kings, Naaman, who was sick with leprosy, is told to dip seven times in the Jordan River. How, he must have thought it was idiotic. How stupid. How simple. But he did it. Seven times, get in and out of the water. You're like, that's just weird. But he was completely and totally healed by doing a small Yet seemingly silly thing. Jesus said, God's word that I'm speaking to you right now and that you've been hearing this morning already is like a seed, goes into soil. Depending on the soil type, the soil being the condition of our hearts, you'll get a 30, 60, or 100 times return on that one word sown into your life. Something so small. What about Elijah when he was meeting God and God's voice didn't sound like an earthquake? It didn't sound like a fire, like a pier out of that fire. It didn't sound like a tornado. What was it? A small, gentle whisper. On and on it goes right up until the point where God will forgive the world of sin, destroy the power sin had, and he did it through a small little child. Listen, it's no small thing what God has done. And it's no small thing God wants to do, but because it often arrives small, we miss it. I'm going to just tell you right now, you've missed at least 100 passings of God in your lifetime so far. I've made that figure up. It's not in the Bible either, but it just feels good to say it. Because God is working in your life. Jared said last week, he said, Jesus said, Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. I've heard our door knock so quietly sometimes I think, is that a knock? I don't know. You go, it's no one. Other times I go and someone's left a call to cut, card to call. And it's like, I, I was just there. Don't drive away. Now I've got to go pick it up in a nondescript address. Knocks can sound like that. But I want to let you know that God is visiting you. Luke chapter 19, 44, Jesus said, woe to you, Israel. Look at this quote. Because you did not recognize it when God visited you. You can miss God visiting you. Because we're all, we just love what, we're enamored with the big, 
with the flashy, with appearances, and with entertainment. So we've got to change. We actually got to start to see the smaller things, the small appearings. What are some of those signs that God is at work in your life already? I just wrote a list. It can be one new thought or idea. Someone came to church this year. They hadn't been to church before because they, they came along and they were like, we, we, we met them, one of our pastors, and oh, what brought you here today? They were like, oh, well, we're builders or something. We'd just been talking kind of in their mid-30s. We've just started talking at work um, in the breaks. Um, if there is a God, what's he like? And then they thought, well, the most logical place to find out would be a church, right? So they Googled. And I like that our name begins with A. (laughs) And so they only came because of Google and they found out, they did an alpha course, learning how God works and who God is, and and recently baptised. Their life really changed because what? Someone thought, I wonder what God's like. I want to tell you right now, if you've thought that, God is appearing. For some, it's a small discontent for what the world offers. You used to be buzzed on the pay like pay was going up and you're able to get new things and more stuff, and, but it doesn't feel the same anymore. There can be a holy discontent in the quietest way. Some people have a yearning for eternal things. I, I know it's kind of a weird topic to get into without unpacking it, but the reason why people buy crystals and other things is because often there's, Ecclesiastes says, eternity, God has put eternity in our hearts. So we've just got to learn how to direct the traffic in the right direction. And then there, you'll actually find the big thing God wants to do. Some people have dreams. Ooh, really? Yeah, legit. You can have a dream that starts happening when you go to sleep, and God can be actually reaching out to you and speaking to you. Something you can hear, even as this morning goes on, I'm speaking about this, but in your brain, you're, you're saying, I thought skinny jeans were out. You know, you, <laughs> my daughter's laughing. She's like, yeah, they're so gone, Dad, please. But there's another thing. You can think something that God begins to speak to you directly. Others of you can have questions, reactions. What about this? You're fed up. You're just fed up. I'm, I'm not just talking to people who don't know Christ now. I'm talking to you who are followers of Jesus Christ. You're fed up with the way that your life has been going and the things that have been going on in your family and the continual pattern of dysfunction. And you're sure there is more that one small little thing is often evidence that God is there going, I can help you. I want to help you. I want to make it better. Come on, let's do this together. Happenstance, directives, conviction of your conscience, all these small things are God appearing. And for those of you who read the Word, His Word. Amen. So let me say this. God is working in your life. You've just got to work out how to recognise it. So let me show you what can happen. Can that baby please come up? This baby, put it back on the screen. The next one. This little baby, can he please come up? Let the baby come up. Whoa, look at you. I'm Graham. It's good to meet you. Look how big he is. Oh, these shoulders. They're massive. Come up here. Any small thing that you take care of, give your attention. Anything that you cherish, feed, celebrate, water, will grow. The same goes for your anxiety, for your fear, for your offense. 
I see you with a big God. He starts out though really small as a seed. And I thank God that after 20 years of watching God at work, and by the way, this won't be the last part. I've got four and five written down in my office, part four and five, because they're just amazing. You're like, please let me go. No, you can't. (laughs) But But this is how God works. He starts seemingly small and look at it. Just look at it. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not calling you God, okay? But, but as a, as a metaphor, and it's certainly not when you're up too late, okay? Because that's not good behaviour. But that, but what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm giving you a metaphor to finish, okay? Some of us only remain with a really small God in our lives because you never took care of it. Beck and I, and mainly Beck, <laughs> took care of him daily, every moment. And I, that's what God wants. The joy, of, you know, when, when we think about our kids, we don't just think, oh yeah, I did the task. It was always out of relationship. And that's what shocks, listen, even if you confess, I'm a confessing Christian, I took it on the sentence, sentence, just stop for a minute. What God wants from you more than anything else is not just to go from being a small God in your life, a little seed, I just, I just claim the title. He wants to grow up in you, if it's a metaphor, so significant that you fall in love. I love you so much. You are such a good guy. Bit of a rascal every now and then, but but that you fall in love and you have relationship. And I see you with a big God. I see it for next year. That He's going to do things that you never, ever imagined. Just stay. That's how God works by arriving and appearing small. But if you'll tend to it, care for it, water it, change it. That doesn't work that bad. <laughs> yeah, I heard the concordance over my shoulder going, ha <laughs> good. Then he is going to do something big in your life. Let's put our hands together for this little fella. Come on, hey. Thanks, Izzy. So, I want to finish. That was it. That's how God works. I, I just wondered, pragmatically, do you think you've, you, if you think about it, do you think you've missed God at different moments? Can you think of something right now? Did you have an idea that you never went with, but it kept nagging you and just kept ignoring you? Maybe being here today is one of those things that you had the idea, you had the desire, you're a bit nervous, whatever. It's no small thing. It's a small thing, but it's no small thing what God wants to do. When someone says as well that Jesus Christ, Brent did, died for our sins, that anyone who comes to Him, that says, I want my sins forgiven, I open my heart, I repent. Of, repent just means to turn the other direction because I'm sick of doing this this way. The world has given me zero answers. A lot of promises, zero answers. Never delivered. But God, when, when, when people offer that, it's, it's, it's no small thing to accept it. And I think there's people in this room and that you want to accept it. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray a verse over everybody. So we might see God work like never before. And I want to just, a little advert, at the end of the service, I'm not going to be milling out in the foyer, um, the, the, that entranceway straight away. I'm going to be up here for anybody in this room, whether you're a believer or not, whether you're maybe on staff or not, doesn't matter who you are. If you're in trouble, if there's stuff going on in your life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up here, I'm going to pray for people. 
I'm as as long as it takes. Sickness, stuff going on, financial stuff. I'll tell you right now, God wants to do big things in your life. He said, pray. He said, ask me. Small thing, big result. But let me pray this over you. Can I ask everybody now to stand to your feet? And it's on the screen. And this is what we need. We need eyes to see. We need spiritual sight. So it's on the screen and it's Ephesians chapter one. And you can close your eyes. You can look at the words on, this is a Bible verse. You can download the Bible. You can buy a Bible. You can get, I think we've got New Testaments here. We can give you free. Can we bring it up? Ephesians chapter one, guys. And this is my prayer. I'm gonna pray it. Yes, I'm gonna read it, but I'm gonna pray you have eyes to see the small appearings that are actually massive. Just like Jesus' coming to earth became huge. You can see that as well. So here we go. I'm gonna read it as a prayer over every person. Just open your heart right now. I'm asking you, Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, huge. No one compares to you and what you can do and what you did. By the way, I wanna say, Lord, how gentlemanly to not yell at us, but to whisper because we'd never be able to handle it anyway. We'd, we'd, we'd explain it away, I'm sure. But you're so amazing. You're not a pushover. You're almighty. You are gonna judge the nations, but you have said, this is the way, come to me. And I just thank you for that. Anyway, I pray on. May this Father give you all, especially for 2024, because I see you with a big God, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it, knowing what not to do and when not to do it. And revelation is having your spiritual eyes enlightened so that you might know God better. That's my prayer over you. Next part. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. It's a, he's a God of hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance and His holy people. And it just goes on at the end of that to say to share in His great power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. What? That your eyes would be open. And Father, I pray over every soul, Jesus, open their eyes. Maybe small, maybe insignificant, but open their eyes to what you are doing. Don't let them miss it. Like that passage I read, that they would not miss your visitation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just with eyes closed and heads bowed, you're here today and you actually want the salvation and forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers you. You've actually been listening today with not just natural ears because you've seen something, you've heard something. You can't quite put your finger on it. But you actually today, you, you, that's you. You're like, actually, I need this forgiveness. I need this grace. He offers you salvation right now. And if you know that you need it, and if you know that actually you're not living right, godly, sin's wrapped itself around you, you can't explain what it is that holds you back. I can explain it. It's separate, being separate from God. But today's the end of that. This marks the very end of ever being separated from God ever again for you. Because as you come to Him, a small thing to do, He will open your heart. He will put in you a new spirit. And the Bible says it's like being born again. What a wonderful day that was and is even today. So eyes closed, heads bowed, saying, Graham, I I want actually Jesus alive in my heart. I want the salvation. On the count of three, I wanna ask people to lift their hands. I'm gonna be watching. I will acknowledge your hand, but it's very specific that it's significant because God sees it. 
and He will begin to do an amazing work in your life. All the things I've talked about, He wants to help you, wants to heal you, wants to guide you, and He wants you to live life fully. In Jesus' Name, eyes closed, heads bowed. If you're saying, Graham, include me in a prayer, I want that salvation. Lift your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift it up for me as high as it can go, please. Just There's a lot of people in the room, so I want to be able to see. Just lift it up. Keep it up for a moment. God, the cool thing is God sees your hand over here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Who else here? Say, yeah, that's me. 16. So good. So awesome. It's so amazing, isn't it? What God does in our hearts. This is no small thing, people. In Jesus' Name. Well, everyone can put their hands down and everyone can put their hands together. And now we're going to pray a prayer. Thank you, Lord. Woo, come on, yes. Let's pray. I want you to pray it. I want you to pray it with all of your heart, okay? God, God does something so amazing when we do this. Follow this prayer after me. Just say, I, by the way, there's no script in the Bible. We're just, we're talking to Him in a real way. And He responds in a real way, okay? You've got to understand that about God. It's how God works in a real way. So just close your eyes. Okay, follow this prayer after me. Say, thank you, Father God, for today. I lifted my hand for salvation, your forgiveness and your new life. I understand that you offer it through Jesus who died on the cross for my sin. Thank you today that I am forgiven, that you make me new. Thank you for living in me, like the Bible says. Thank you for loving me. Help me to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.